Welcome, my doers, dreamers, and creators. You're listening to My Work in Progress, the podcast. Uh, I'm Heidi Vega, and I have a special guest with me today. Nikki Diportillo is here, and I'm going to have her introduce herself in just a second. But before I do, I want to invite you guys to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And uh, yeah, so you guys know when each episode comes out. I try to do the episodes once a week. Sometimes I fail to do so. (laughs) Um, You would think I have more time with this whole coronavirus uh, pandemic going on, but I've actually found myself with less time. So last week I was a no-show, but I'm trying to stay consistent. So you guys hold me to that. And let's get into this episode. Okay, so Nikki, can you please introduce yourself to our listeners, or my listeners, ours today, they're they're both of ours. Hello, I'm Nikki. Um, I recently moved back from Las Vegas, and um, I have a YouTube channel where I do lots of dance covers to K-pop, and also just, um, I would, I'm trying to actually do some kind of like news uh, section on my YouTube channel um drama based (laughs) just because it's what I'm into right now and it seems to be like very popular as well and um and I also have an Instagram if you guys would like to follow me there as well it's yours truly Nikki and it's Nikki N-I-C-K-I like Nikki Minaj (laughs) (laughs) just to clarify okay so today I didn't even introduce the the topic of today in the intro but you guys we're only a few minutes in so you guys are fine <laughs> today we're going to be talking about toxic relationships toxic partners um before we get into just kind of like explaining our viewpoints I kind of want to ask you a few questions mm-hmm. um how do you feel like the word itself toxic has been overused recently or do you feel like it needs more attention or needs more explanation because I've seen personally toxic like a lot of conversations or a lot of like blog posts or just you know when people post their Instagram and talking about like toxic people toxic relationships I just have seen it pop up a lot more recently Mm -hmm. I feel like, I feel like maybe people are taking it to, um, not lightly, but like, uh, how do I say this? It's like they're attributing it to everything. Yeah. To like literally everything. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it, um, carry less weight, carry less weight. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause I feel like it's, it's almost like when you start to use it for just a failed relationship, it might've not actually been toxic. There might've been things that were problematic Mm -hmm. about the relationship, which is like every relationship has problems, but there's definitely a difference between that and, and a toxic relationship because what do you think the difference is? Like, what do you think is the defining factor of something being toxic 
as far as like relationships go. Mm-hmm. Oof, sorry. <laughs> let me um all that. phones have to be put away. <laughs> okay, okay. No, I'm not to talk. Okay. <laughs> um oh okay, so like I think I think it's more than like you not being happy mm-hmm. in that relationship. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more that goes into that. So like for example, let's say um like mm, uh like this person like your partner like refuses you to go like hang out with your friends or like mm-hmm. to go out like mm-hmm. they have to always be with you or like um very controlling controlling yeah. like things like that yeah there's definitely those those like main characteristics right yeah like controlling possessive um what's the word manipulative yeah uh when they gaslight and the thing is like it's it's strange but i think being in a toxic relationship if you don't recognize that that was toxic behavior you run the risk of actually uh starting to do those toxic behaviors yeah. yourself because you yeah. almost normalize it you mm-hmm. know what i mean it's like oh wait no but that's normal that's it's kind of honestly why relationships are so important because you kind of learn about yourself and who you are and just like that can happen i think it's very likely that you can run like the different route of becoming somebody who you're not and yeah. kind of going through those stages exactly. yeah yeah because I know that I've done some like toxic ass shit before and I had to literally like, <laughs> like, wait, what? Like, why am I doing that? You know, what is wrong with me? And it wouldn't. It, and the thing about like toxic behavior in a relationship, it doesn't make you happy, like or or satisfied at the end. Like it just makes you more miserable, if anything. Yeah. But it's comforting because you feel that sense of control over the relationship yeah like that you're directing where the relationship is going going. Mm -hmm. because you're gaslighting or because you're manipulating somebody to feel bad about hanging out with their friends you Mm -hmm. know what I mean um so tell me a little bit about your experience with the toxic relationship i I forgot to say this. We're not like relationship experts or like <laughs> psychologists or psychiatrists no, uh-huh. at all. We have no PhD. Okay. <laughs> We're just, um, I think we've had, this is, by the way, Nikki is my cousin. So me and her have, have talked before about relationships, obviously. And um, I have a fair understanding of the relationships you've kind of been in. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you have a fair share of knowledge about mine. So I think it's safe to say that we, we decided on this topic more so because I think we both feel like, yeah, I'm sure you have uh, some experience. Yeah. So we're definitely coming from a place of experience of just like the human experience of dealing with toxic relationships and maybe what we've, come out on the other side learning um, or are still learning. Um, so, yeah. But anyways, tell me about, uh, like, kind of just your experience with toxic relationships. When was, like, the first time that you came to a realization that you might be in a toxic relationship? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> um, 
Because I had one in high school, but I didn't realize it till like, my older. Older, so... But the relationship that I was in, Mm -hmm. where I did realize, Mm -hmm. was my second serious relationship. I Mm -hmm. think that lasted for, like, two years. Mm. What a waste of two years. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm so sad. Anyways. I'm so sad I wasted two years of my life. (laughs) But, like, okay, so... I I met this guy over mm-hmm. Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. And he we so basically he would always go to me when he was going through something, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I would be there trying to be like the savior, like trying yeah, to like you're playing that role, yeah, right? And like you know, and I suddenly started to um, have feelings for him, mm-hmm. and he started to have feelings for me. Mm-hmm. What I didn't know was that he had a girlfriend at that time, right? So when, first of all, so the, how it started Mm -hmm. was bad from like the start, right? That's always very telling of a toxic relationship. (laughs) Red flags everywhere. But the thing (laughs) is, he didn't tell me until after we got together that he was with someone and he broke up with that person to be with me. Oh. Right? Wow. Um I at first I didn't take it like in a bad way like I should, you uh, know? Right. Cuz like at the time I'm just like, you know, like oh, he's like left somebody for me like he must have really strong feelings for me or what? No, it was more like you know, like he says like he feels so different when like he's talking to me and that you know, like, uh, he feels like he can change or he could be happy because of me. Like, uh, just stuff like that, you know? Right. Like, yeah. so, <clears throat> Nikki after that. Here. I can take your hand. No, 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 no. That's not, no, no, no. That's not what I meant. I'm just kidding. I'm just playing. I'm just playing with you. Okay. <laughs> but, like, okay, so, uh, so this whole relationship was based on how he feels and how, um, because, First of all, he said, like, you know, that he has depression, like, chronic depression, and Mm -hmm. that he has this, like, this weird problem where, like, he'd, like, black out, and, like, um, he has, like, panic episodes, and just, like, stuff like that, you know? He had a lot of psychological issues, right? and I was there to, like, help him, right? Mm, So, suddenly, you know, the more we hung out, the more we got to spend more time together he eventually moves in with me right Mm. and that's where it got even more toxic because I saw things that how should I put this so like for example when he didn't get his way Mm -hmm. he'll play like the whole oh like you don't care about me um uh, do you like you know if I were to die like would you even care mm-hmm. like things like that to right. like to get a reaction. a reaction out of me yeah you know and I would be there like open arms being like you know of course like I love you blah blah mm-hmm. blah mm-hmm. Um, and then this one night where honestly I don't remember what we were arguing about mm-hmm. I think I was trying to break up with him Mm. because I came to terms that, you know, like, this is really toxic. Yeah. And he pulled out a pocket knife and he tried to cut himself in front of me. And I freaked out. 
And I, this is something that I, I still haven't told anyone yet that mm. this happened. Mm -hmm. So like after that, I was scared to leave him. Yeah. Right. right. Because even though he didn't really do it, like what if he actually does, mm -hmm. you know? And, um, and you felt like that was going to be like your fault almost. Yes. Or your responsibility. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So once again, like it continued being like that. Mm -hmm. And he also started to like seeing other people when he was with me. And I didn't find out till like, obviously later when I started to become more like, you know, he's being different, mm. which first of all, you shouldn't look through your, you know, partner's phone right. if you trust them. But like, at well, this you point, shouldn't look through his phone if you don't, if you feel like you don't trust him enough enough you know and to want to look through his phone then you guys probably should have shouldn't be together yeah yeah for mm -hmm. sure but uh i did right and um i who saw who has it i want to be a woman specifically right men are like well, whatever <laughs> but, well, uh, but dudes do too but so but yeah yeah Anyways. but um so um you know of course i was hurt blah mm -hmm. blah i tried to leave again same thing. He wants to kill himself. Blah, mm. blah. Um, I know, like, this sounds really bad. Because, like, so I'm the... Mm, I... So this is one thing that I realize about myself. That I tend to um, not want to, like, give up on a person. Right. Well, it's, it, like, kind of... It's what you said in the beginning. I like, feel like, I want to be, like... You you're have the savior complex yeah. of wanting to, like, save somebody... Which always is going to make you feel like I have to stick it through. I have to like stick through it and, and see everything through and like make sure that I do give all of me basically yes. before yeah. I give up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it didn't So it took, it took up to where he tried to get me pregnant as to where I basically like cut him out mm -hmm. of my life right right so I still remember that night because mm -hmm. I was freaking out mm -hmm. um, um and we just had this fight where he 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 told me basically to pick him or to pick my goals like my career and stuff you know obviously you I would pick like, um, my career me? yeah excuse me <laughs> yeah exactly first of all that Easy. shouldn't even be an option though yeah yeah but easy choice. Easy choice, right. yeah. And he got super upset, and I tried to um, calm him down, right. and that led to sex, right? Okay, yeah. Um, usually, so another, like, toxic yes, attribute toxic. is the, the fighting leading to, like, some sexual tension mm -hmm. that you're like, okay, and then we're good, because after we have sex, well, like, how are we not going to be good after yeah, we just had sex? exactly. And then it's, like, a vicious mm -hmm. cycle. Yeah, I got so, you. So, and... Usually we did like the pullout method, right? Mm -hmm, right. Yeah. So I didn't think that he would do. Anything. I do not recommend the yes, pullout. I'm method. sorry. Okay. <laughs> I, I was really dumb, and I'm sorry. I was super dumb, and I should have known better coming from. Ah, sorry. Now it's my turn to be that kid. Okay. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. I was really dumb and knowing like him, I should have known better. Right? right. So, um, but he did do. And like the thing that made me like click, like in my head was he literally was just like, 
you know, I can't wait to have kids with you, right? Mm-hmm. And this, like, came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I, like, my heart sank because I was, like, there's no way. No, I'm not like, having a kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, I, like, stood up and then I felt it, mm. right? And then I, like, flipped the fuck out. I was, like... Wait, are we allowed to cuss? I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, how, like, how the fuck could you do this to me? Like, I just told you, like, you I know, my goals. My <laughs> and, like, I have so many things that I want to do in my life, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. how could you, like, want to take that away from me? Right. Like, are you, do you even really love me? Right. Like, right? Yeah. So, like. No. Yeah. That's right. So, yeah. I, I forced him to take me to the closest Walgreens and like bought me a plan B right mm. luckily everything was fine yeah you took that yeah. plan B right away <laughs> yeah <You're fine. laughs> yeah so and then I kicked them out of my place and that okay. was that yeah but um that was the first time you were in that relationship and you knew like this is toxic yeah behavior. yeah and it lasted two years yeah so what was like from the get from the be- very beginning I'm assuming you you saw, you know, red flag after red flag, mm-hmm. but the tendency was to ignore it because you were getting something out of that. You, I mean, you were adding to the toxicity because you were enabling yes. that type of behavior. Yeah. And I was also trying to see the best of him. Right. Yeah. And Which like, is what you do when you're like, I'm going to save you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make you the better person <laughs> that I feel. That's that's also the thing is like I've done that so mm-hmm. I completely understand that you get to this point where it's not that person that you're really in like in love with or like who they actually are in that present moment you become almost in love with the idea of their of who they could be, yeah. you know what I mean? The Without all their flaws. Yeah. And that's just like one of the biggest red flags is if you're trying to change the person you're with, like there's a different, I think there's a big difference between like saying like, hey, encouraging somebody to be their best person that they can be mm-hmm. and being like, if only they were this, if only, you know, they didn't have that, then they'd be perfect and we'd be happy together and all this other, you know stuff but then like coming to terms with like but that's not who they are so am I if they're not even trying to be that why am I trying to push them to be that you know you can't make somebody be something that they're not you know either they take that upon themselves or they don't um but yeah I totally I'm right there with you with the savior complex Mm -hmm. I don't know where that comes from (sighs) I really don't I like I look over I try to kind of be my own psychiatrist like where does that come from and it stems back to my childhood like how yeah um but I think it's also learned behavior because my like so my first serious relationship which Mm -hmm. all my relationships that are serious to guys have lasted like six fucking years I'm I'm like the queen of making these of committed relationships. Yeah, committed relationships, and it's the mo- the worst thing in the world. I'm so glad I'm not doing that right now. But um, so my first serious relationship lasted like six years. The one from high school. Yeah, yeah. from high school that led up into the first year of college and first semester of my first year in college and. I didn't realize it's the the thing with that relationship is that there I wouldn't say it was necessarily 
I don't know. It was emotionally abusive. Okay. But it wasn't emotionally abusive to the point that it was constant. And the reason being is that it was a long distance relationship. So at the end of the day, there was never enough opportunity of time for us to be together like often enough Mm -hmm. for it to really impact me um, as much as as it could have and as it did once we were both in the same place at the same time like it was no longer a distance you know a distant like relationship um and but it was definitely emotionally abusive it was definitely like there was a lot of manipulation especially towards the end um but even even in the beginning and i don't know it's hard for me to label it as toxic or not because i'm always like i don't know i wasn't around him long enough I think in the very end towards the very end it was definitely toxic Toxic. um and there was definitely things that I had learned from that relationship that I found myself carrying on to my next relationship Mm -hmm. you know uh just modes of behavior ways of getting someone to you know feel bad for you or to get someone to do what you want them to do feel bad for leaving you things like that and that I think is the biggest takeaway for me to realize if a relationship was really toxic or not. If I find myself displaying those same behaviors Mm -hmm. and thinking that it's okay, it's like, okay, well then I was definitely in a relationship where that was just kind of manifesting into itself. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's things that I did uh, to him that maybe he took on to the next relationship that wasn't necessarily very good. It could have been toxic as well. You know, we can't always be like, it was always that other person being toxic. Like yeah. we, it's a relationship. So you play a role, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and festering the toxicity mm-hmm. within the relationship. Um, but I didn't, I didn't honestly, even like, <laughs> it's so sad. Even it took me a really, I think it took me a long time to realize how bad that relationship was. And it's kind of the same thing. I'm very much like a, I'm going to give all of me, yeah. like every little drop of me mm-hmm. to make sure the relationship works. works with someone who's literally, they like, they're like, nope, that is not how they feel about it at all. You know? And, and it's not, I think it's romanticized the idea of like being somebody who will give every Everything. last bit yeah. to be with somebody. Yeah. It's, it sounds romantic, yeah, but it's not, it's, it's very like, if, if anything, it's almost selfish, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because you can't give every little piece of you to somebody because that's not what love is, you know? That's not love. Like, love does not require you to basically not be yourself, to give every part of you to the point that you don't have any enough for you or for your friends or for your family, um, you know, it's, it should be a give and take. That person should make you feel more like yourself instead of less like yeah. you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easy to escape, especially when I think like it's kind of promoted. Like there's a lot of toxic behavior. And like, like movies and movies, music videos, music videos, TV, TV, like I'm seeing it all the time. And it's one of those funny things. If you like listen to an old song or like an old uh, movie that uh-huh. you used to really like as yeah. a kid and then you see it and you're like, 
that's toxic as fuck. Like, that's not cute, you know? Yeah. And it, it's, like, for every archetype, too. Um, I watch these videos. I watch these videos on YouTube. I, like, paused it. I don't know what I did. Um, I watch these videos on YouTube that they're, like, basically – this is mine. No, this isn't even mine. Great. Uh, <laughs> that they just kind of go into like archetypes and like, um, uh, what is it called? Basically like roles, like reoccurring roles, like the nice guy, the smart girl and all that uh -huh. stuff that play out in movies and stories. Yeah. And I, I'm always like interested by them because they're kind of they relate to just like your everyday people yeah. that you come in contact with. And one of them was about nice guys mm -hmm. and how like some guys are like nice guys, you know, but there's like this nice guy, like that's not a nice guy, <laughs> but uh -huh. he like plays the nice guy, you oh, know? Okay. Um, but in movies, like, Oh, he's a nice guy. He's sweet, whatever. But like, it's really toxic behavior. Cause they're like super, like almost stalkerish. They oh like yeah. Want the girl so bad that they don't care what the girl wants. Once, yeah. And all this stuff. And I was like, that is so true. You know? And I'm like, it's it's so interesting now because when I was a kid, I thought that shit was endearing as fuck. Yeah. I was like, oh he's so persistent. Look at him. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. Like he's so sweet. Why doesn't she want him? Yeah. Um, but now you're like, bitch, you don't want you. <laughs> like, back the fuck up. And the, even those kind of like situations kind of give you an insight into relationships. Yeah. Sort of. Um, what is one of the biggest or one of one of the most like as far as continuing on after that relationship mm -hmm. that you had that you realized was toxic? Have you had toxic relationships? after that or toxic situations yeah yeah I would say like my did you change did you your uh, way of approaching a relationship change after oh uh, kind of because like after that I was just like you know I'm just gonna have fun you know I'm <laughs> just gonna <laughs> I'm just gonna <laughs> aka Introducing the whole thing. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. So, yes. So, I did that for a little bit. And then I I got kind of, like, tired of it, you know? Yeah, of yeah. course. You have to get like, tired of it. Because I was just like... If you're doing it right, you're going to get tired of it. Because the thing that I found that I was doing that was mm -hmm. toxic was mm -hmm. I was trying to find that connection when like you're when you're having sex with someone mm -hmm. and obviously you don't get that when you're just having sex with somebody who, who you never yeah, connected with yeah, exactly yeah. yeah so that's how i met my ex yeah. the okay. last one right um because i didn't want to take him seriously right mm -hmm. i thought this was just going to be you know a one time thing mm -hmm. but then he started um looking for more like uh, from the relationship yeah so like for example like straight off the bat he was just like you know I don't want to get serious with you unless you know like I know you're not financially stable stable right now and like um so you don't have these aspects basically right okay so, so you guys had like hung out by this point but we enough. didn't have sex we were just hanging out like dates oh okay so you but you guys started 
out dating. Yes. Just dating. Okay, yeah. yeah, right. Okay. And so, like I said, like, straight off the bat, he was just, like, he's looking for these things, and I obviously didn't have it. You were, right? You weren't <laughs> fitting his critique. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. His, so, um, I wasn't expecting him to ask me to be his girlfriend until but when, how far into the to the dating did did he like say like you're not like these like, are the things that i like the fourth fifth date yeah like enough to know that you're like your financials i guess yeah you know? because yeah. i obviously i at that time and still am i was working at a super well, i mean i like a grocery store mm-hmm. so and i wasn't living on my own either so mm-hmm. obviously i wasn't financially stable oh, okay. but and um like just career set basically mm-hmm. um so i wasn't expecting him to ask me to be his girlfriend mm-hmm. until the night that we actually had sex is when he asked me oh. so when he asked me for some reason in my head i thought you know oh maybe he's he's letting that part go right or he yeah that like, part doesn't like matter, matter to him as much to him anymore because yeah. he actually like no likes you. me right yeah, yeah. But no, it wasn't like that at all. So he was like, like, "Now you have really got it. <laughs> you got to get your shit together." Honey. Yeah, yeah. So okay. throughout that whole relationship, it was me trying to reach that expectation of him, you know, for yourself, but for for him, for but him really mostly. But I should have been doing it for myself, right? And that's where the toxicity was coming in. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, but also him always holding it over my head you know like um like for example like uh like I should have I was trying to get him to see where I was coming from Mm -hmm. but he obviously didn't see it that way Mm -hmm. um because he so he is older he was mm-hmm. about five years older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he already had his, his life in check. Like, he had a stable job. He had his own place. He, um, yeah, yeah, he has, it was good, yeah, right? Right. Um, <clears throat> but then he decides to go back to school, right? Mm. And he moves back in with his family. And um, he doesn't really have any money at this point because he was going to school and stuff. Mm -hmm. But even then, he was still holding it over my head. That you weren't financially. That I wasn't, yeah. And it was the reason why I still, I mean, like, it was still my fault as well because I wasn't standing up for myself like I should have been doing. Like, instead of letting him talk to me like in certain ways Mm -hmm. I should have you know been like hey like I know I'm not there yet but I'm working on it you know and like um well just like I guess to me the financials in a relationship when you're not living together and you're not like asking that person to necessarily to to finance you yeah. You know what I mean? Like then to me is kind of one of those things where it's it's hard to say like, "Oh, do you have a right to tell me about my financials?" because at the end of the day, it's like I'm not asking you. I'm not while I'm dating you, I'm not asking you to move in with me or, you know, finance 
actually like take care of me, you know? Um, and we don't have a child together, you know, we don't have any split expenses. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of one of those things. It's like, if that's your requirement and you really believe in that requirement, you should stick to it and not date a person who you feel is not financially stable enough for you to even like start thinking about moving in together. If that's really what the issue is, because expectations will kill anything any relationship yeah. when the expectations are not met met or or the fact that you have expectations really like you should have expectations of how you should be treated and stuff like that but once you make the decision to be in a relationship together you can have expectations but half of the time there's you have to com- communicate that and be honest about that so it's like if my expectation is that you're going to be financially stable and I'm saying that from the get go, then I can't, I shouldn't go back on it because then if I'm continuing to pressure that on you, it's like, bro, but you're making a choice to be in a relationship with with me when I've already, you, we've already established that I have no necessarily intention of being super financially stable, like in the next whatever year. Um, It takes time. That's something that takes time too. That's not something that's like as simple as like, uh, I don't know. There's so many things that could be like that you could say that like, I just don't like that you're so messy. Okay, work on being less messy. That's mm-hmm. something you can literally do from day to day, like pick up after yourself, whatever. And it'll take a shorter amount of time to get that through. Yeah. But financials is a tricky situation. And it's not. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And the thing is, like, you can kind of see from his standpoint, because you were in that position of being mm-hmm. like, well, I want the best for you and this is for you and this is so you can be better. And like, you know, thinking like, if only you were more financially stable, you know, and that's his view of you not seeing that, like, that's just not where you are right now. (laughs) And, and who knows, like he, it's, it's kind of like, you gotta kind of come to terms with that. But I don't know if I see that as toxic. I think the more thing that would be toxic is that whole verbal communication you know what I mean? Yeah. If there's like verbal abuse or, you know what I mean? Emotional abuse coming, stemming from like that same place of being like verbally abusive, being uh, like putting someone down and like, you know, things like that. But there wasn't, there wasn't the same. It was like a different kind of situation, definitely different kind of situation from the, the previous relationship. So yeah. did you, were there things that you noticed in this, the most recent um, past relationship that you were like that you were doing that that was like from before like that you were bringing into this relationship um honestly it was like the whole where I Mm. How should I put this? It's like I okay, so I because of the past relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And because every time I try to um bring up like a problem, mm-hmm. like he reacted a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. When I came into this new relationship, I try my best not to, to cause a com- reaction. Yeah. And oh, you would try to avoid conflict. Yes. 
And he noticed that as well. Mm. And he would bring that up and he would be like, you know, how come you're doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, you should confront me if like something's bothering you. Mm. And um, that was one thing that I realized that I should have been doing Mm. that was toxic as Mm -hmm. well. Because I was just focusing on him instead of focusing on myself. Mm. Yeah. Right. Well, it, it's, like, toxic in, in the form of, well, it's, I don't know if it's toxic. I feel like it's more just, like, um, it's, it's like, problematic. Yeah. I don't know if it's toxic because, like, I feel like if, like, the more, the fact that you're, like, so focused on him and not focused enough on yourself is something that a lot of people do. And it doesn't necessarily lead to, like, long-lasting, like, issues you know what mm-hmm. I mean for both of you I think it just becomes one of those things where it's like that was problematic I shouldn't have done that like that was negative but I, that's that's honestly one of those it, it can lead down a really bad route you know what I mean yeah I think everything starts off as a very almost innocent situation like yeah. as far as like I think we feel like oh it's like something small it's not a big deal but like years and years of that is mm-hmm. where it like builds up into something very toxic. I think that's one of the main attributes of like something being really toxic is that it can build up to like to such a point, bigger. something really, something really uh, like ingrained almost in you that yeah. you have to, um, that you get, you can even get triggered at that point. You know what I mean? Like something can trigger that, side of you mm-hmm. and that was like stemming from a past relationship that was like toxic mm-hmm. you know and you brought it into a new relationship that became like a problematic situation but the toxic toxicity of it where where it stems from was that past relationship yeah. that you were just like bringing in and like not re- recognizing that that you were bringing that in mm-hmm. um yeah for sure I think that I <laughs> I it's so weird um I think it's also like a kind of like a attribute or like a characteristic of you as a person in general, I think, um, regardless of the past relationship, I think there's a part of you that's very non-combative, like that you don't like conflict for the most part, at least with people that you like, you know, and it's natural to like not want to argue with somebody, but it, you, you become very like, submissive because it's like I like you I don't want you to not like me I don't want to argue with somebody that I like you know like Mm -hmm. people that are kind of people that you're you're just like interact with like co-workers or something that you it's not that you like them that much or you guys aren't that close I think you're more like Aries comes out of you and you're like fuck you (laughs) but like the people you really care about you're more like let me tiptoe around the situation I don't want to argue yeah yeah. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. Have you ever felt like, uh, like maybe you're like toxic, like as a person? Have you ever felt like it's you and not somebody else? Has that ever been like a thought in your mind? Like maybe I'm like the problem. You're like, no. <laughs> now I am. <laughs> Honestly. I did that a lot in my last re- in my last re- relationship, mm. but when it comes to like friendships and stuff, no, 
Mm. I haven't thought that way. Mm. But I should probably be doing well, that. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't... I think there's like... A, I think for me, people... I feel like there's... People misunderstand me. And that's my fault for not communicating. Mm. That's what I've came to realize these mm. past few years with like friendships that like come and go. Mm. And like... This year, I've been doing this thing where, you know, like, if if I'm not on good, ter- on good terms with someone, mm-hmm. I I confront them and be like, hey, like, what's wrong? What's like, did I do something wrong? Right. Or, like, what's up? Yeah. And, um, and it's been helping a lot, honestly, because they thought that I felt a certain way. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. And, um... I was, you know, I'm able to talk things through and, like, able to salvage that that relationship mm. or friendship. Yeah, communication is, like, 100% important, especially when you're talking about conflict. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think a lot of people just try to avoid it, but it's usually not as bad as it might be in your head. I think that's another thing. Like, you almost, like, build it up to be, like... This is going to be horrible if I say anything. Like, what if she says this or what if he says that? And then you get to that place and you're finally talking. You're like, oh, this wasn't that bad. (laughs) This wasn't as bad. It's. I think it's also being, like, scared of being vulnerable. Yeah. Like, you're in that vulnerable state where you're asking somebody, like, what's wrong? Yeah. And you don't want to hear, like, bad bad shit. Like, well, I don't like you. That's what's wrong. Like, oh, my God, you don't like me. (laughs) Or, like, you know, just have people say things that you just don't want to hear but yeah you really want to confront those because it's like actually it's good for you to hear that and and if they're a shitty person like it's gonna come out and at least then you know instead of just having this idea in your head and not like letting it like come to fruition yeah. yeah um what else was I gonna ask you I was just thinking about it too I think that um you I feel like though you've had more toxic situations or not toxic I I feel like you've had like pretty bad situations when it comes to friendships yeah um more so than even relationships and I think that that whole miscommunication is a big part of it yeah it's like hard to read you I, I guess think. or I <laughs> I guess honestly like there's something like honestly like the next day this girl would be upset at me and I'm like what happened yeah we like, were cool yeah and like they don't want to talk to me mm-hmm. and so I let things what do you be. really do to them Nikki <laughs> I honestly don't know I really don't know honestly I think I think it's also like the people that I surround myself with mm. as well. Mm. I think they play a certain app, like role. You mean people that you surround yourself with that aren't your friends or that are your friends also? Who I think are my friends. Who you you like think in the moment like, oh, these people are my friends. Yes. Yes. Mm. As well. Because mm. I noticed that as well. That um, lots of like. Oh, I like heard that she said this, or oh, she lost well, this she way. She said he said yeah. on on your behalf kind yes. of thing. Yeah, oh, I got you. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> they don't have a life. No, I <laughs> I think 
it's it's I don't have like a big group of friends. Me either. I have only one best friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel you. I I think it's hard to find uh, people to be your friend after a certain age. Yeah, I think it's easy in high school. You know what? It could also be it's because they're all younger than me. Well, yeah, that definitely plays a role. Like you can't if you hang out with younger people, they're just going to be in a different time in their life, and they're going to be more open to conflict. You know, and a lot of it, like in relationships, whether it's friendships or romantic relationships, I think um, it's a lot of like projecting. Yeah. Like, however you're feeling about yourself so, or how you become, like, especially when you're young, you're like, well, I'm still young, <clears throat> but not that young. <laughs> not like, you know, so, but when you're, when you're young, you definitely have the tendency to like, um, think that other people think about you more than they really than do. The, yeah. So any For little sure. change, they're like, oh she must not like this or she must not like that or he must think that I'm this or that. And then you attribute your own self-criticisms to somebody else, Yeah, you know, or your criticisms about the world and you point it directed at one person, which can definitely fuck up your way of like interacting with people people. because half of the time you're just like putting other stuff on. That happens all the time. Honestly, like I feel like that happens all the time to me. I'm like, with strangers too i'm just like bro i don't know you like you don't know me what is happening right now and it's just people like in their own head you know and i do that too you know sometimes i'm i'll like catch myself doing that and i'm like maybe i need to chill out maybe i need to take a break yeah so what do you do to kind of like um repair kind of what you feel like the things that have still kind of stuck with you Uh uh-huh what do you so recently I've been reading some books or mm-hmm. um, listening to podcasts podcasts yeah, also yeah. like for example <laughs> the working progress <laughs> um but like yeah honestly just uh, reading a lot honestly helps and um talking to different kinds of people that you wouldn't normally like talk to, if that makes any sense. Mm. Like you wouldn't think that you click with this person. Right. But you actually end up like clicking very, very well with and like learning a lot more from Mm. that kind of uh, friendship, just stuff like that, that has been helping me out and just me time. Just you time. Yeah. You know, there's, there was an interesting – what was I listening to? Uh, I think it was probably a YouTube video. Um, but I was listening to this woman, and she was talking about how there's, a, like, this culture of, like, self-love and yeah. self-care. Yeah. And over – you know, I was totally one of those people who were like, yeah, self-love, self-care. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Um, but I think that it's, like – when you're filling up a glass of water and then you you're like still going you're still going and then it starts to overflow and you realize and you're like oh shit that's kind of like how I feel about self-care and uh-huh. self-love like at this point to me there's just it's not that there's too much of it necessarily I think it's just like the concentration on self-love and self-care 
is is taking kind of like a negative route at this point. Yeah. Online and like in the culture itself. I think people make it out to be like, it's everything to become a better person. Mm -hmm. But you need relationships to learn more about yourself. You need relationships to like explore. Yeah. So it feels more like fuck everyone else. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is not self. Yeah. yeah, Which is not self love or self care. And when you do that in the name of self love and Mm -hmm. self care, it's really just like fucking up what, it really means what it really should mean, I guess. And, um, I think like I've come to that realization myself where I'm, I try to dial it back a little bit and try to see where that actual balance is because too much of anything can be bad and toxic, you know? Mm -hmm. So kind of finding that even keel of being like, I still have a sense of duty to the people that I love my Mm -hmm. friends and my family and the people who are there for me and just the community in general, not even just people I know, but like strangers on the street, you know, the niceness, the kindness. And uh, I think I kind of, (laughs) at some point when you get in that self love, self care, like mode, at least when I did, I was very much like, fuck everybody else because I felt like I was wronged. You know, I felt like, like, oh, I deserve to just care about myself and just love about myself because the person did me this way or Mm -hmm. I just got out of a toxic relationship and all this stuff. But I realized that, like, that's the last thing I need to do Mm -hmm. is to kind of push everybody away. Because at one point I was like, fuck men. I don't want to – I don't want to see a man in my face again. (laughs) Like, all dudes suck. Or do you know what I mean? They're all the same. And it just took me a little, I mean, it lasted for a little bit, but it did take me a minute to just recognize like, okay, I can't like close my heart off to everybody now just because this happened and people are just flawed, you know, at the end of the day, it's, I'm flawed and I hope, you know, the person that I end up being like my life partner would have an open heart to me as well mm-hmm. because I'm going to be flawed, you know, coming into the relationship, whatever relationship you get into, you are flawed regardless of what you do, yeah. how much self care, self love you do. It's not going to prepare you ever enough to be in a relationship with someone and say like, I'm good. How about you? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm at a hundred. What are you at? Yeah. No, like you're always going to have your little quirks. Um, the biggest takeaway is not to have those things imposed on the other partner if you're a fucking uh psychopath or like or, an, or a narcissist, narcissist then you shouldn't be listening to this podcast no <laughs> <laughs> no but like it, it's a lot of narcissistic behavior out yeah. there nowadays there and is. i think self-love has come become kind of narcissistic and yeah. that's like the last thing that you, that you do want to do because mm-hmm. those are the kind of people you get into relationships with that become toxic i think those are like as long as you have one narcissistic person in a relationship, it's it's going to go south very likely. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, quickly. Because the whole gaslighting thing, like all of those like act- all of those things that you could possibly do in a toxic relationship, I feel like I've been through all of them. <laughs> and that shit like sticks with you, you yeah. know? It'll scar you to, to a pretty bad point. Um, and yeah, it's just one of those things that I always keep in mind about like narcissists in general and 
being very careful, you know, and seeing the red flags and trying to like make sense of them. I see red flags and I'm like, yeah, like, fuck you, red flags. I don't need you. Like, I got this. I don't need your red flags. But at this point, I've been very like, I see it. I see it. Even yellow flags. I'm like, hey, I see you too. Like something that's maybe more mild. I'm very aware of, but I try not to just make that into like, oh, that's, that's it. That's all. Yeah. But definitely the red flags will well, have me running away. That's <laughs> like, good. I mean, yeah, I think that's really good to have yeah. because you don't want to be with someone who, you know, who, um, you deserve fuck was I gonna say look at you Nikki (laughs) shut up get it together I'm sorry (laughs) hold on I'm gonna I'm gonna okay um what were you gonna say I was gonna say that you shouldn't settle for less right yeah well you should settle but just not settle for like not shit. Yeah. <laughs> you should, I think there's like a, a, like, I don't think that people should necessarily settle, but I think people should be realistic. I think there's a lot of women and men mm-hmm. out there who expect like to fucking find Beyonce and like, you know what I mean? Like somebody, they, oh. they, they expect like the most, they want everything. Yeah. And it's just like, bro, chill. You're like, your expectations are way too fucking high. Like, you're, you got to be a little realistic about who you're going to find as a partner mm-hmm. because there's just, and a lot of women, like I've seen it over and over again. Uh, and it's just at the end of the day, like even some of your expectations, some of your, your, you know, um, requirements for a partner are actually not as important as you may even believe they are. Mm-hmm. And that's, what's even more important. That's why you should date, um, and, and try to like find out about people because you end up finding out more about what you like and what fits with you and what clicks with you when you do that. And you're never going to do that if you're always like, well, he's has, has to have six figures and he has to do this and he has to be that way. It's like, bitch, chill out. I just want a nice guy who's cute and um, no, I lie. There's so <laughs> many. I have expectations. <laughs> No, but it's different when you have a kid, too, though. Yeah. You're like, you can't be a weirdo in any Well, way. yeah. <laughs> you have to be financially stable because I'm taking care of a child. Um, you have to be, you know what I mean? Like, it's more, there's more an expectation of you being a good person overall. Yeah. Like, that's become more of my thing. Like, I don't give a fuck, like, if you're, like, I don't know, have a bunch of money or anything, mm-hmm. but you can't be, like, Broke a dead, yeah, a deadbeat, like or anything like that. Because then this is like, bad. <laughs> I have a kid, yeah. a child. I feel like my my standards have risen because I have a child. Mm-hmm. But I think in some ways it kind of makes me like prone to like feeling like I don't have as much to offer. And and I know that sounds bad, but it's yeah. just kind of one of those things where like it's like I'm my load is now like 
bigger, you know, like what Mm -hmm. I'm bringing to the table is much more like heavy, if that makes sense, than if it was just me and myself, you know, it's more, it becomes more serious off the bat because I have a child. So I'm like, I can't, it's not that I can't like date and like date around or anything. It's just that I am much more uh, prone to thinking future thinking, like in the future, like my future, you know, like that's always in my head because I have a little one, you know, Mm -hmm. but when I was younger, I remember it was like, eh, (laughs) like I cared about my future, but it wasn't something that's in the back of my mind, a responsibility that's there. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. And um, I don't think that we have time to talk about like a toxic co-parenting relationship but maybe (laughs) I'll think about it (laughs) it's it's hard it's hard to talk about obviously Mm. for so many reasons but it's a it's a work in progress so we'll see hopefully Mm -hmm. it becomes better but it's but they're gonna want they're gonna need to want to try better i mean like to do better right and that's the hardest part is because you're like forced in a relationship with somebody Mm -hmm. and you're not supposed to have expectations like put your expect because then you'll get like late uh let down kind of but then it's like i kind of have to have expectations i kind of have to have like requirements and then it's a shit show (laughs) (laughs) so that's fun um but is there anything else that you want to talk about any any anything <laughs> that you wanted to explore or maybe I was toxic in my last relationship <laughs> you're like hold up it was me um and that's a good realization to have too yeah. but I honestly I would never say that it's ever like just one side one-sided ever yeah. it's it's always two people playing a part you know yeah um and uh but that's a good realization too. Yeah. You know, we need we need more people out there that are bringing shit to the table and are honest with themselves. And yeah, and can confront that and mm-hmm. then not bring shit to the next table, you know, <laughs> because that's how you really repair those those problems. That's how you you come to repair those issues. And you move on. Yeah, and you move on because you come to a place where you're like you know, you can yeah, you can avoid hurting someone and putting them through through a certain situation that changes them in a negative fashion. Yeah. Because I think that's the biggest thing. Like, you take heartbreak and you bring it into the next relationship and it, like, infects the relationship. The, yeah. and, then ne- and then that person goes. It's, it's like the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. something to explore something to think mm-hmm. about I think any anybody who's ever been in a toxic relationship should really analyze their role in it because mm-hmm. I I think the only time that I think even in like a verbally abusive relationship or an emotionally abusive relationship you have to not real it's not that it's like victim blaming of like oh it's all your fault but you are in this situation how did you get there you know like mm-hmm. how did you get to a point where you were putting up with that shit mm-hmm. and and that is a a way for you to get out of that situation is to find like okay how did i get here 
what beliefs have I told myself? What things have I told myself over and over again about who I am, what I am, what I deserve that has allowed me to come to this place where I'm like, I'm, uh, I deserve it. Yeah. I deserve this. I deserve, you know, the shit that I'm getting mistreatment and, and that this is going to be the rest of my life Mm -hmm. and that I'm okay with it. You know? Um, Yeah. Cause that's definitely, that's definitely part of what it took for me, you know, to Mm -hmm. get out is really to feel like when, what am I believing about myself that makes me think like, this is what I deserve, you know? And when, yeah, like when did this all start, you know? And, and just kind of starting to find those lies is, is helpful because you stop repeating them as much. Yeah. Like if you keep it in your head and you just kind of like push it away and just ignore it, it'll just keep coming back. And it's like a broken record. It's like, you're stupid. You deserve this. Like you're ugly. Nobody wants you. You're never going to find anybody new shit like that. And it'll keep repeating because all you're doing is ignoring it. But when it's like we were saying, when you confront the situation, the beast turns into something much smaller Smaller. and something that you can actually like do away with. Yeah. Because you're like, no, listen, I see you. And you're lying, bitch. <laughs> Stop lying to me, you know? Or, or it's not like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you Cause notice. Because it's, it's, it's easier to be more negative on yourself than it is positive. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's definitely easy to, like, put yourself down. But I think as long as you, like, try to be uh, realistic, it, it'll help. I think people are, like, overly positive. Like, no, I'm perfect. I'm beautiful. I don't need anybody. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, don't lie. You're just lying just in the different direction, you know? And it and it feels fake, you know? Yeah. You know, like, your subconscious is like, bitch, why are you lying to us, you know? <laughs> and it just creates more of that uh, tension in your head, like, and in, in feeling like you're a fraud almost, you know? Like, you're not really, like listening to yourself Mm -hmm. I think it's like when you're realistic you have to put shit into action so you can say positive things about yourself you have to like girl wash your face kind of thing Mm -hmm. and you have to put things into practice and then feel like okay you know what I did this like give yourself points where when you deserve them but don't like lie to yourself either because I think there's a lot of that too you know like I'm perfect and I deserve better and fuck him and it's like Mm, bitch you've been a little bit <laughs> you know what I mean you've been a little bit questionable so let's fix that and then we can say that. Yeah. yeah say that and move on um but that that's just my little two cents <laughs> I agree um thank you Nikki for coming on and joining me on the podcast we actually had recorded an episode previously um but but like it was but bad. the audio was so <laughs> shitty it was with my phone and it was um, it was just bad. So I'm assuming this this microphone's gonna give us a better result. <laughs> it oh, better. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I'm glad that we finally did. Me too. Like this. And if you guys enjoyed, please let me know. Hit me up. Um, you can DM me or DM Nikki if you have any questions. But um, my Instagram is it's me Heidi V. What's yours again? Mine is uh, yours truly, Nikki, N-I-C-K-I, like Like Nicki Minaj. Minaj. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, yeah, just let us know what you guys think of the episode. 
reach out if if you want to. Um, and don't forget, again, to review this podcast wherever you're listening from um, and subscribe if you haven't already. So thanks again, guys, for listening. Thank you, Nikki, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> and um, I'll see or I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. Thank you.